everybody. Welcome back to the Tony and Brooke podcast. We are super excited for our 13th episode because we we have our first ever Mountain View teacher with us, Mr. Fong. You want to say hi for the Mr. Fong? Hi. For those of you who don't know, he's a psychology teacher. He's pretty much the funniest teacher at Mountain View. That's not true. Uh, I think I think it is I, true. I deny that, that accusation. <laughs> Let's first, I feel like you don't talk about your family that much in class. Like how many kids do you have? I don't even know this. As far as I know. <laughs> just what? kidding just joking around people okay i'm more than aware of how many kids i have <laughs> uh four <laughs> four kids three older children and one very young child so how old is the oldest uh my oldest daughter is 25 she's down at byju and uh and then my second child ethan he is 23 he's also down at byju he's married just got married recently to a fine young woman. So I guess I can introduce her too. Her name is Courtney. In fact, <laughs> she Courtney, gets a shout out. So yeah, she gets a shout out because she's my uh, daughter now as well. And then I have another son, Spencer, the kid that got COVID and infected the whole family. Okay. And he's also at BYU and uh, he is 21, I believe. I think so. Maybe 22. I don't know. I'm terrible at ages. I don't know my age. And then I got a nine-year-old. Okay. All right. Don't judge me. <laughs> Okay, you know, sometimes when you just get kind of amorous and romantic, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. That's no, you know, we always wanted to have more kids. We really did. But number four just never came. And so as the years passed, we just thought, oh, hey, I guess we're done. Okay. And then he shows up like about 12 years later. Just totally surprises us. So. Well, that's fun. Do you, um, uh, would you say you have a favorite? Honestly, honestly, I, I do not have a favorite child. I know you don't believe that when parents say that, but we really do not have a favorite child. We love all our children equally. There's some that we like more at certain times than others, but I think it goes, I think, you know, it, it gets all spread out amongst, evenly amongst all the children, that they all they experience some period of dislike. <laughs> so, so, anyway, yeah. Well, I also want to know, like, how did you meet your wife? Oh what's my the story God. Brooke wants to know that. That's usually I, this her, is her, this her thing she wants to know. I like knowing this stuff, yeah. You know, when I talk about my wife, I always, I, I, I don't know, I get kind of, I get kind of emotional about it a little bit because I love my wife very dearly. My wife and I met when we were our first years at BYU. I was actually, at that point, I was actually a returned missionary already. And you got to understand, I'm a convert to the church, okay? Oh, can we say that here? We can, okay? Yeah. I'm a convert to the Buddhist faith. <laughs> And that was my wife's first year at BYU. And so I just knew her. That's about it. So never went out on a date or anything like that. But then it was after about, uh, I can't remember how many years later, we ended up running into each other again. Okay. At, in Alpine School District. Because she was starting her first year of teaching in Alpine School District. She's an elementary school teacher. Not anymore. Okay. Um, and we ended up being in the same meetings together. And I recognized her, you know. Okay, you're going to think this is really goofy and corny, okay? <laughs> but when I saw her in this big room, okay, she glowed. She did. <laughs> she really did. I always tell her that all the time. She glowed. And then the second time I saw her glow was right after we got sealed. And I was walking down, and I saw her there, and she was glowing. That's Those are the so two tender. times I saw her glowing. No, it's true. She was glowing. I always tell people that, but she was glowing. So, oh, sorry. Stop crying, bro. Well, like your tears, bro. You too, Lord. Tony, stop I'm, sobbing, I'm Tony. Fine. I'm going no, strong. Tony's the one that's sobbing. Okay. But anyway, that's how we met. How long did you guys date before you um, Well, let's see. Uh, my first date was the Mountain View Opening Social. <laughs> Faculty Opening Social. 
and that was in August, I proposed for the first time. <laughs> in, <laughs> I think after Thanksgiving when I was proposed for the first time, and then I proposed again. Wait, are you for real? No, I'm completely for real. <laughs> I had to propose twice. Hey, I don't give up, man. That's good. I don't give up, okay? So I proposed the second time in March, okay? Good. It's not like she rejected me. It's just that she just wasn't sure at that point. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. Was your second proposal a better story? Um, like, did you prepare more? <laughs> you're going to laugh. You got to understand, I was a little bit older when I got married because no one wanted to marry me. And, oh, uh, tragic. And so I was like 30 years old. Uh, so I was dating my wife, Dana. The first time I was just, I was really nervous about getting married because, you know, when you get a little older, you get a little bit more, I don't know if nitpicky is the right word, but you just kind of maybe looking for you know, you're just a little bit more picky, I guess. And then, but I, when I was dating my wife, I really felt impressed that, okay, Jordan, I, I really felt Buddha was talking to me. He said, Jordan, don't mess this one up. You just got to keep moving forward on this one. Okay, so I did. And then, but it came a point where I actually, literally, I went to the temple to pray about if this is the right thing to do. And I literally had like a panic attack when I was at the temple. It was the first time I ever had one. I mean, like, I was just like... What do I do? And I and I realized at that point, I just need to act on faith. I just need to do it. And so literally, I called Dana. And I called her. And I said, hey, I'm going to pick you up in a few minutes. She was like, what's going on? So I picked her up. This is the worst proposal ever. Don't do this. I picked her up. I drove her by the temple. And I proposed. I remember when I was driving to the temple. She goes, you're not going to propose here, are you? I said, I am because i got to get this over with. Okay. And literally, that's that? what I was saying. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> But then after yeah, I proposed, yeah. and she said, well, why don't you give me some time? Let me think about it, okay? And then after that, I was like, um, I was just so happy that I had done it. I didn't even care what the outcome was. I had actually <laughs> proposed to someone. That was amazing. And so, anyway, so we got back together. She didn't know, and I'm like, oh, boy, what do I do now, you know? But then we just decided to not worry about things. We just kept dating, and I proposed again in March. And this time was a little better. Okay. We went to the Jill Smith Memorial Building, the restaurant upstairs. I told the person I need a table by the window so I can overlook the Salt Lake Temple. It's a beautiful view. I proposed. She said yes, and blah, 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 blah. There you go. So second time was more successful. Second time was more <laughs> there successful. There you go. Um, you obviously you went on your uh, Buddhist excursion that you always right. talk about. Yep. I don't always talk about it. What are you talking about? Okay. You want to... Look at it. Hey, church and state. Church and state. What's your best story from that you want to tell the people about? Oh, my gosh. There's too many. you got to understand, missions are like, how many of your family members have served missions? There's so many funny stories about being a missionary. Okay. <laughs> you probably don't realize this, but I'm Asian. Okay. Well, they and can't see you on the podcast. That's true. I'm Asian. <laughs> Asian. Okay. You hear that? <laughs> and so everyone always expected me to speak Chinese. They did. All right, can you tell everyone where you were really quick? I, I served in Taiwan on my mission, which my third son actually served in the same mission I did. Oh, wow. And, uh, and all my kids actually served Chinese-speaking missions. So wow. We were, is that, is that racial that. profiling by the church or what? <laughs> that is racial profiling. I'm writing a complaint. Just because we're named Fong doesn't mean we always have to serve Chinese-speaking missions. Okay? So anyway, uh, no, I'm really happy about that, actually. And so everyone always expected me to speak Chinese, and I... I didn't. I mean, I spoke a different dialect of Chinese, but I didn't speak Mandarin. And so it was really kind of, and everyone always expected me to speak it. And my entire mission, I never got complimented for my Chinese. Never. And then my white companions, who could barely speak like 
a smidgen of a word. <laughs> they say something, and all the Chinese people, oh, they compliment them. I'm like, what the freak? Are you kidding me? He's still bitter, you guys. I'm still bitter about this. Still bitter. Okay. Never complimented ever. Bitter, 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 bitter. Okay. <laughs> So, it's tragic. I'm it sorry. is very tragic. Very tragic. So overall, good experience, though. Oh yeah, I love my. I, you know, as a convert to the church, I mean, you gotta understand. I wasn't planning on going on a mission uh -huh. just because I never grew up in the church. Wait, how old were you? I was. I was just a little bit older. I was almost twenty when I served my mission. Okay, mm -hmm. but back then you had to be nineteen, and so I was almost twenty. So I was about a year older than everyone else. And you gotta understand, my parents were not pleased when I joined the church. <laughs> That's an understatement. And uh, and they were extremely not pleased when I told them I was serving a mission. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so as a convert, I was literally as an investigator. And I was not planning on serving a mission, but literally when I was an investigator, I was sitting in sacrament meeting. And then literally the bishop got up. You know, at the end, sometimes the bishop will get up and say stuff. And he said it was the responsibility of every worthy male member to serve a mission. And literally... I don't think in my life I've ever had a more powerful spiritual experience. I knew that communication was right then and there. And I was told, literally, that I had to serve a mission. And I remember that feeling I had. I was dang scared, you know, but I knew that was something I had to do. But now, as I look back now in my life, if I didn't serve a mission, I don't know if I would have gone inactive or anything like that. But I think a lot of the foundation for my understanding of the gospel was really because of my mission. So I, I love my mission. Yeah, my mission is an incredible experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've always been teaching for, is it 29 years now? 29 years, baby. Still going strong. I'm going. No, not going strong. Oh. Weakening. Weakening. <laughs> Weakening. Because the kids are beating me down. Yeah, so the kids my... are beating me down. <laughs> here's my question. How have you changed over the years versus how have you noticed the kids in high school have changed Ooh, throughout the time you've been teaching? That's kind of a loaded question, baby. I have to say, over the years, I've become more, I think, more patient with kids. I really have. I think over time, I'm less uptight than I used to be as a teacher, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, But you got to understand, you know, the more you teach, the more experience you have, you know, things like that. But I think I'm just a lot less uptight than I used to be. And... I enjoy it a lot more now, even than back then. I feel like I enjoy my job more every year, you know. And that's been a pleasure. That's been a blessing in many regards, you know, that I continue to love my job. And I've become more loving over the years. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I feel like, you know, you just try to understand kids more and things like that. So that's that's what's changed in me in some regards. How kids have changed, um, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a loaded question in many regards, you know. I think kids nowadays are way more capable than they were back then. I think they're way more able to do so many things now compared to back then, you know. And not to say that there wasn't capable kids back then, there were. But I think right now you guys are encountering so many things right now. There's a lot of pressure on you kids now, way more than I think just a generation of kids before. But you guys have the capability and the ability to do it which is the amazing thing, that you guys can do it. And that has really been pretty incredible to see. Just like what you guys are doing right now. Okay. No, no, really. Just uh, just making podcasts. Podcasts didn't exist in the 80s. So. It's true, though. Right. But then just the, the gumption to go and do it. Okay. Good gumption. Yeah. Okay. Good gumption. <laughs> and just to be able to do that, I think that says a lot about this generation of kids now. Yeah, now, now the thing, though, that is not so good <laughs> is uh i think there's a lot more distractions out there now 
and it's, it's more difficult now for young kids to navigate through all that, which is a challenge. Anyway. We had some more questions about your teaching that people gave us. Oh. Like, when did the pee-pee-poo-poo passes come about, <laughs> and why is that the name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded fun. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to have a pass because I know I knew Mr. Carpenter. you got to understand, I thoroughly admire Mr. Carpenter oh, as no. a teacher. I have, like, uh, Carpenter envy, okay? And uh, because he's so dang smart, you know, and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and I'm just not as smart as him. And, uh, and so I knew he was using his hall pass thing. I thought about it for a long time, you know, eh, you know, maybe I'll do that. And so I, so I wanted to do it, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to make it funny. You wanted to one-up so, him? And so, yeah, I wanted to one-up him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I wanted to one-up him. And uh, that's why it came about, you know. Because that's why I use the password, right? To go poo-poo and pee-pee, right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just really cute. Got the cute little baby on the pass. Look at that. Look at that cute little baby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> baby in diapers and everything. Yeah, you, you guys on. can Is imagine that on the podcast. It's a little clip cute or of, or a, of two babies. Yeah, so. there you yeah. go. See? Isn't that cute? We also know that you carpool with Mr. Yeah, of course we carpool. That's because he can't drive. Is he can't right? drive. So do you guys have like you know that which is really funny? He's a white guy too, and he can't drive. I'm the Asian one. Oh my <laughs> God. I'm driving the the white guy around. That's funny. You want funny? <laughs> okay. Well, are your I've always wondered are your conversations like really profound? Do you guys discuss students? Oh, completely profound. I mean, they are <laughs> profound, comedy? deep. Oh, you know, it just depends on our mood. You know, sometimes honestly. Our drive to home or back to, we're just laughing the entire time because we're just making these stupid jokes about kids or things like that. <laughs> Maybe you guys should start a podcast. Or, or, or we just like couples. laugh about just different things and, you know, and, you know, about news or whatever. And so we're just making these sarcastic comments back and forth with each other. And so sometimes we're laughing. And then sometimes we're just like, Ugh. you know, we just go home. Hey, good night, day. See ya. Okay. It really depends on our mood, so. That's awesome. Um, another question we got a request from somebody was about your Buddha statues. Obviously, they're all here. Unfortunately, <laughs> you guys can't see them. Do you have like a tally of how many you have? And I, like, where do you get them all? I have no idea how many Buddhas I have in my room. And that's the honest truth. None of these Buddhas belong. I mean, they belong to me now, but I've never bought any of these Buddhas. All these Buddhas were given to me by students. Oh, wow. Every one of these in this room, even the big ones, okay. And let me tell you why it started, okay. <laughs> it's because when I refer to the Latter-day Saint faith, obviously you guys always hear me say my Buddhist religion. And the only reason why, the reason why I started doing that is because I didn't want people that were not Latter-day Saints to feel left out. I don't know if that makes sense. And so I wanted to make it kind of funny so that they can laugh when I talk about my religion because it's very easy to feel left out. Because I remember when I was at good old BYU and sometimes we'd have ward prayer at the end of the day and sometimes they'd choose a primary song. I had no clue what yeah. the primary song was, you know, and so I couldn't participate. Now, it's not a big deal, but I just remember feeling, oh, there's something I don't know. Okay, while everyone's singing it, there I was just kind of standing there. Okay, mm -hmm. and so I never wanted anyone to ever have that same feeling of, like feeling like you're being left out, you know. And so when I talk about my religion, because sometimes you just have to, you just gets brought up. And they know what religion the main religion is out here. And so when I joke about it, it kind of helps them laugh along. And so, mm -hmm. so, I, so it helps us so they don't feel like they're left out. And so, so. people are giving you statues of Buddha? And said so over the time, people are giving me statues <laughs> yeah. of Buddhas. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Sons of Provo. But there's a guy in there, he says he's a Mormon with Buddhist influences. Oh, is that right? So I, I, you know, that's kind of, it reminds me of when you talk about Buddha. Mm -hmm. But good movie. I always wonder, you, you've been teaching the same things, right, for yeah. so long, and you teach them all day. I like literally four times. How do you do that? You, you know what? It's interesting that because every class seems to have a different personality. And believe it or not, even though I've taught this a lot of times, usually during first period, <laughs> it's always not as smooth. 
my fourth parent okay i understand everything now <laughs> and you know dave and i talk about this all the time you know dave carbon and i like first pair is always like the guinea pig class despite how many years you've taught it but it's never as smooth and so it's kind of fun to have other parents to teach this so that you can perfect and get better what you did before and so that's kind of helpful too because you know you're never as smooth the first time around and every like i said every there's different personalities in every class and so that kind of makes it fun you've mentioned you're getting close to retiring right what do you want to do when you retire? Yeah. That's a good question. Retire. Man, that's weird. Okay, honestly, it's weird to me to think that I've taught for 29 years. Honestly, I was going through some of my stuff the other day, just stuff that I've kept from students that have given me over the years. Mm-hmm. And I felt somewhat emotional about it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm coming to a close of my career. You know, But I, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I still have a nine-year-old. So I'll be teaching for a little bit more, probably. Okay. And, but it does require a lot of energy to teach. I'm kind of a high energy teacher, you know, and, uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so because of that, it's a somewhat of a physically tiring profession compared to when I was, you know, 20 years ago or even 15 years ago. And so I don't really know when I'm going to retire. I know once I hit 30, I'll just play it by ear because I want to feel the sense of being like, man, I taught for 30 years, you know, kind of feeling. But I think uh, really depends on, <clears throat> I know after our son, our nine-year-old leaves the house, I know my wife and I want to serve a mission together, and that's probably the main thing we want to do after, you know, after that takes place. Uh, but I don't know. I think it'd be cool to be a Walmart greeter. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it would be. I want to be a Walmart greeter. Walmart. People come in, oh, welcome to Walmart. Everything made by my cousins. Come in to Walmart, okay? No, that'd be, I, I, that's what I want to be. I want to be Walmart. Or I want to be a bus driver. A bus driver. That'd be so cool to be a bus driver. No, it really would like be. School bus, bus drivers. Oh, I'm a school, school bus, bus driver. Just for the kids that come in, you can greet all the kids, maybe cute little yeah. elementary school kids or things like, hey, good morning, kids, ready for school. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds so fun, doesn't it? Well, I think we're about out of time, but is there any advice that you just want to leave with the Oh, gee, advice. I feel like, man, I I talk all the time. You guys are probably sick of hearing me talk. I mean, I always get invited to talk on this, talk on this, like, oh, man. Every time people come and ask me to speak, I'm like, eh, I'm sure people are sick of it. Um, so. <laughs> let's see. Advice. I, I think it's so important that in our desire to achieve whatever goals that we have, that we don't let that override our desire to love. You know, because I, I think right now there's so much expectations placed and we feel so much pressure to do, 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 do and get done, 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 done. But I don't think that's the point of life. I think the point of life is to become, become, become as opposed to do, do, do. You know what I mean? I'm a victim of this myself. I like to get things done a lot. And I, re- I remember always asking my wife, honey, I have such a busy life with all my responsibilities. I always wonder if I'm becoming what the Lord wants to be become, as opposed to all the things that I do all the time, you know? And I think that's a question I think we all should ask ourselves. Because in the end, it's not gonna be a tally of points that, that get us up to, I guess, where we want to be one day, but it's whether we actually have become like the Savior, you know? Have we become like Him? You know, and I think that's hopefully we're all striving to do that. That's some good advice. Anyway, well, thank you. You're welcome. You're no, you guys are awesome. Thanks for everything that you do for Mountain View. Uh, You know what? Uh, My my job is a pleasure because of kids. It really is. There's nothing, honestly, guys. There's nothing special about me. I just do my job, and you know, and so it really isn't. I'm just an average Joe. I really am. (laughs) I'm just a really average person. So, all right. So write that down. (laughs) There you guys go.
Well, make sure if you guys haven't listened to our other episodes, you can go find those wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Give us a rating and review. Hope everyone has a wonderful two weeks quarantine to their house. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is an extracurricular activity we're doing right now. <laughs> hey, we're a local business. That's what we decided. Oh. Businesses are open. All right, you've been listening to the Tony and Brooke <laughs> a local podcast. Local business, right?